everyone, and welcome to Avid Travel with Britain Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britain Frost. Today we are joined by Ralph Grizzle. But before I get into that interview, I want to tell you a little bit about Ralph. And I want to talk a little bit about what we are talking about today as well um, as a little bit of context for the interview. So Ralph is a cruise journalist. He does what I do. So essentially we go on cruise ships and write about them, review them, all of those fun things. Uh, but he has been in the industry for a lot longer than I have and has been on hundreds upon hundreds of cruises. So I thought that he would be a good person to talk to about the future of cruising because I know that he has seen a lot of um, a lot of things that have plagued cruising. You know, there were water level crises and a couple of years ago and 9-11 happened and all of these things so many events, really, recession in 2008, so many of these things shaped the travel industry and the cruise industry uh, specifically. So it's interesting to get his perspective as far as the COVID-19 pandemic goes. Ralph also happens to be my father, so we do run our websites, River Cruise Advisor and Avid Cruiser together. Um, So that's just a little bit about Ralph. But before we get into the interview, I want to talk a little bit about cruising And because today's topic is the future of cruising. And I will say that recently I've written a lot about 2022 itineraries coming out. So many cruise lines are releasing their 2022 itineraries and their lineup and and bookings are are happening now. So I just want to say that, you know, 2021 is pretty full as far as bookings go, especially on the rivers. Um, the cruise companies are seeing great numbers and and part of that has to do with the fact that i think a lot of people that canceled their cruises in 2020 or had cruises canceled decided to go ahead and rebook for 2021 so that filled up some space and rescheduling sailings and moving them filled up some space but then also you just have these travelers who are really really eager to get back onto the water so those two things combined, I think that, you know, it's really good to look at bookings for 2021 if they're not already full. And then also at 2022, um, because while some of us might think that it's too soon or that people are feeling pressured into booking, I really think that now is a good time. Recently, I've been getting so many more questions and so many more inquiries about booking where I used to get, you know, probably 10 to 15 inquiries a day about cruises and and prices. Now I'm, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was maybe getting one to two emails a week about it. But now I see those numbers picking up and I'm having to keep up with my email a little bit more than I did before. So I just wanted to uh, preface what Ralph and my conversation by saying, you know, that that it is a good time to start looking at bookings for 2020. And that being said, there are a lot of cruise companies right now that are offering early booking incentives. I know today I sent out a newsletter um, where we, Emerald and Scenic, both have booking incentives happening right now. I know Crystal still has early booking incentives and Crystal's early booking incentives are open, it looks like, until for on or sorry eligible for sailings between 2021 and 2024 so there's definitely a lot of room there even if you have people who aren't willing to sail next year or in 2022 um so yeah i just wanted to to start this off by saying that i think that it is a really good time to look at bookings to start talking to clients about booking for 2021 and 2022 uh, because i'm 
you know, cruise lines are already sailing. We're going to talk more about that. And uh, they are ready and they're eager to get passengers back on board. So I will go ahead and lead into my interview with Ralph in just a minute. But before I do that, I just want to give a second to listen to a word from our sponsors. So hi, Ralph. Thank you for joining me today. I guess I could also call you dad. Yeah. Sure, you could, and it's a pleasure, pleasure to be here. Thanks. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to have you on kind of at the beginning of this new podcast venture that I've started because I think that it seems maybe interesting to some people to be podcasting and, you know, we both write about cruising during this pandemic and during the the COVID outbreak. Um, but I think that what seemed like something that was going to be so hard for the cruise industry to recover from has actually kind of turned out that it's not, it's not been as devastating as we thought. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's going on right now, you know, and, and how you think that cruising is going to continue moving forward as things get better, hopefully. Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, it was devastating to some degree, but we're seeing real signs of encouragement, particularly in Europe, where there are many ships operating, actually. You know, you have Costa operating with larger passenger bases. You have MSC operating. I think forget they're, they've done a number of cruises now successfully. You have Ponant operating, Mine Ships. So you have all of these companies operating, not to mention the rivers where you have Quasi-Europe and on the waterways with its, you know, with its charter cruises uh, with the German company over there. So there's a lot of activity over in Europe, and it seems to all be going fairly safely. There have been some COVID outbreaks. You know, Quasi-Europe had one, and Hertebruten had one as of this recording. And that is one one incident on the ship, not one person, but Hertebruten had a larger sort of COVID sort of uh, outbreak. And Quasi-Europe had a small one on the Douro River. But, you know, those numbers are really, really low. When you look at all of the passengers who have cruised, say, let's say since June in Europe, you know, the number of COVID cases is very, very low. It's in the small single-digit percentages. So Europe is showing us the way. And it's soon coming to the U.S. Sea Dream will start up in the Caribbean in November. And I think it's very encouraging because Sea Dream has operated in Norway uh, this summer, also very successfully. They had one scare, but it turned out to be nothing. Yeah, and there were a couple cruise lines that had scares where we, you know, people reported that there were these COVID outbreaks on board, and then they ended up not even being. You know, there are a lot of theories as to why that why these people tested positive and then retested negative later on. But a lot of them ended up not even transmitting to any other passengers or even these people didn't even end up contracting coronavirus from my understanding. Yeah, and uncruise being one of those. And I wish, you know, that was their very first cruise, trying to begin back safely in Alaska. And to me, I mean, just my read on that is the tests were kind of messed up. They didn't actually have COVID on board and... I wish they could have continued their season because I think they took all their right precautions. But I, I think we were really learning from too is is MSC because they seem to be doing such a good job, you know, with testing people before they board. 
with denying people to come back on board if they break the bubble. You know, there was that family in Italy that went off on their own. They didn't stay with that bubble when they went ashore, and they weren't allowed to come back on board. And so I think MSC is doing a really good job, and I'm knocking on wood as I say that. Yeah, so just to to give some more uh, information on, on what happened there, MSC has a protocol in place where if you get off the ship, you have to go on a tour, and you, you're not allowed to independently explore. And so that is why, just for the listeners, those passengers were denied boarding. Yeah, and I have a friend in Belgium, Mike Luege, who uh, he's been on two Ponant cruises so far, and you know, he's talked about the bubble, you know, how they had this, it, it's almost like you have, it's like your bubble boy or bubble boys and girls or whatever. You're sort of just staying with this group, you know, the whole time you're ashore. And that sort of guarantees that you're not being exposed to other people because we know that's the primary way that it's transmitted now. Yeah. And I mean, why do you think that this was such a scare for the cruise industry at the beginning of all of this? Well, because they were labeled as, you know, floating Petri dishes and all this stuff. And there were major outbreaks on some of the cruise ships, you know. Uh, so, you know, at that time, you know, at that time, a cruise ship seemed to be a very scary place to be. But also at that time, walking out of the front door of my house also seemed to be a very scary place to be because, there was a lot of misinformation, you know, there was a lot of, uh, we didn't know how to handle the virus at that time. We didn't even know what the virus was, you know, and or how contagious it was at that time. Turns out it's a lot less contagious than say measles, for example, you know. Um, and, and so the cruise industry, you know, they, they have, it cost them a lot to operate so one of one of the things one of the big issues was that if cruising was going to stop, you know they were just going to go through their cash reserves fairly quickly. Mm. And luckily, you know, they, uh, there were some rescue packages, you know, that that helped them build up their cash reserves so that they could, you know, they can last longer without sailing. Yeah, and I think that too. I mean, just to add on to that, because I think that you definitely kind of hit the nail on the head, which is that at first everything was scary. But when we heard about this this first outbreak that really involved American citizens as well, US citizens, it was on on that princess ship in Asia. Yeah. Um, and then you had the big outbreak on another princess ship. And so you have these two princess ships that really that that was kind of the first bit of news that we started getting here was that all of these people were stranded and and what we're realizing now is that well there were probably already cases here and it, there just wasn't as much coverage until that time too so i feel like cruising really took the first hit as like then where it started after after the cruising took the hit it turned into nursing homes that nursing homes yeah. were were the place that covid was spreading yeah, exactly. You know, and, and what we're seeing now is that, you know, cruising is not um, inherently dangerous with regard to the virus. You know, it's like any setting where you're not taking the proper precautions is inherently dangerous. Exactly. So what these European cruise lines are showing us uh, is that 
it can be done safely. And of course, you know, nobody wants to go on a cruise where they have to be tested for coronavirus before they get on the ship and, you know, wear a mask and social distance and wash their hands 10 million times and all that stuff. Now, washing your hands, you should be doing that anyway. Um, but, but, you know, this is, this is not forever. You know, we're not going to be doing this for the next 50 years. We're going to be doing this possibly for the next year and, mm. you know, possibly even longer, possibly shorter. We just don't know at this point, you know, when the vaccine is going to be introduced. But I can tell you this, you know, the people who are cruising under these rigid sort of protocols, they're loving it. And why wouldn't you, you know, you, when you think about it, you get on a ship, let's just take a river cruise, for example, let's say you get on a river cruise and you have to have your temperature taken and you have a test taken before you get on board. And then you're in this bubble. And, you know, I mean, wouldn't you really love to be on the top deck of a ship mask or no mask, just enjoying the air and the, you know, which by the way, is a super safe place to be because that ship is moving. You know how the wind is moving. I mean, you might not want to be downwind of people, but you know, just, just the feeling of that is just, it's such a good feeling to be on the top deck of a ship, just watching the beautiful landscape of Europe, you know, pass by. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think that we're all spending a lot of time outside now anyway, so where better to do it than, than on, on a sun deck? Yeah. So you did talk and, a little. No, I'm not. I, no, sorry, go ahead. I want to say, I'm not, I'm not really here to defend cruising. It's, mm. I mean, you know, I have made my, my livelihood has been in the cruise industry. And, but I would never want to put, try to persuade somebody that cruising's safe or it's okay to go back under these protocols or whatever. I'm just, I just know that there are a number of people who are eager to get back to the sea. And, and knowing that, that there is this population of people that want to go cruising and to see what's happening in Europe. And, you know, we're seeing all sorts of industries get creative. We have a brewery here in Asheville. They're doing an online sort of um, sampling, you know, where you, you pay $25. They send you four beers and a growler also. And then you log onto this online event and you rate with others, this virtual event, you know, what you thought the beer tasted like, what the, you know, you tasted hints of grapefruit or whatever. So what we're seeing is a whole lot of creativity, you know, in restaurants and all too, with, you know, takeout and, you know, the way that it can all be done, done online now. So a lot of industries are being very creative and the cruise industry is, you know, is part of that, you know, creative, creative process. But I, I really applaud them for what they're, for, they're doing. And it takes, I think it takes courage. It takes ingenuity. It takes vision. It takes creativity to bring people back on board safely. Absolutely. And I did want to, that's what I was going to transition into next is how, how have you heard that the, that the cruises are operating? I know you said that there's been minimal outbreaks and that things are going safely. I mean, what do you know as far as, and we'll talk to Mike, who you mentioned earlier, your Belgian, our Belgian friend who was actually on board a ship, but what do you know about, um, how, how the river cruise and ocean cruise companies are, are handling this? Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't follow it every day. I mean, I do, I do read quite a lot about what's going on in the cruise industry, and I talk to people. And of course, we, 
you know, host webinars and that sort of thing. And so we're pretty, you know, up to date on what's going on in the industry and all. But from my understanding, you know, it's it's those cruises we discuss, you know, that are operating successfully. That would be MSC, Costa, Mindshift, Sea Dream, you know, and Ponant. And then on the rivers, you know, I don't know all of the river cruises that are operating. I know Quasi-Europe, you know, I was surprised to learn that Quasi-Europe, not only are they operating their river cruises, but they're also operating their tiny 22-passenger barges on the canals of Europe, um, so, you know, that's that's really good to hear. Quasi Europe also has also has a coastal fleet as well, or ocean cruise if you want to call it that. And so you know, they seem to be ramping up very nicely. I think probably based on this latest incident on the Duro River, they could probably do a better job. I'm sure they'll learn from that and they'll institute, you know, uh stricter protocols. So what we need is that really the fast turnaround testing before people come on board, just know that, yes, you're negative or, you know, yeah, yes, you're positive. Mm-hmm. And they have left people, MSC, I know they left people, you know, they did have people who were positive upon being tested who were not allowed to board and sent back, you know, sent back home. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I just, I think that I I see that this is you know, that things are going well right now. And that even though maybe there have been a couple outbreaks, I don't really think that anyone is seeing those as setbacks right now. I think that the people are just seeing that as inevitable during this time. You know, if you are gathering in a group of people, there's just always that chance. And I think that now people are being less harsh and saying that, I mean, obviously, there's there are ways to go about it, right? You want to make sure that, that person is isolated. And with the uncruise incident, you had all those passengers taken off the ship and quarantined in a hotel until they got everything straightened away. And so, but I think that there is is a lot less concern with saying, oh, well, there was one case, this is going to be a setback for the whole industry. I kind of just see cruising continuing to gain momentum and more players coming back in. As you mentioned, Caribbean cruises are going to start back up. And obviously, Americans are having a hard time getting to Europe. Can we go? Can we not? I don't know. I know a couple people who have made it over there. Um, But do you see that trend as well is that things are just going to kind of keep returning to normal? I do. I do. And I think, you know, for a while to use the cliched phrase, it's going to be a new normal. Mm. But I also want to go back to what we were just talking about. You know, that, you know, would, would it have been better to wait until it was all over? I don't think so. I don't think that waiting a year or waiting a year and a half was an option. That's just not the way that we operate. You know, did we need to wait? I mean, did we just need to hunker down and stay in our homes until this whole thing was over? No, I don't think so. I think, I think that we're gaining a better understanding of the virus and how it's transmitted and, you know, that we're instituting, or the cruise industry in particular, is instituting um, more and more effective protocols that um, prevent the transmission. So, yeah, I see things progressing. I see, you know, Royal Caribbean and, you know, um, Carnival and, you know, Carnival Core Group, I see all of them looking to Europe and seeing what they're doing so successfully. And of course, they're ready. I believe, I know that the U.S. 
space cruise lines are ready to cruise again. They just need that CDC or green light. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, who knows when that'll come? It seems like some things are, are again, returning to that new normal, but there are definitely some issues. But I do want to talk, speaking of that CDC green light, I mean, speaking and speaking of cruise companies that are eager, like we had been talking with American cruise lines that had had planned to start sailing in, in June here, and it keeps getting pushed back, but it's not yeah. because of American, it's because of the government. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, actually, it's been a little nice to miss cruises because, you know, it really makes you appreciate them. It makes you appreciate the whole experience. And mm. again, you know, I just think about that. It's, to me, it's sort of that outside experience when you're sailing away from a port on an ocean cruise or a river cruise, on a river cruise when you're sailing by the beautiful landscape, on an ocean cruise, you know, transatlantic. So I spent five or six days crossing the Atlantic in nothing but blue water, and that was a beautiful experience. Just the whole feeling of being on water at sea, you know, we, we miss that. We miss that. And we miss, you know, being around other people and, you know, the happy crew and just the whole loveliness of cruising, you know. Yeah, we're ready to get back for sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it's soon. And I know that you have, you know, we had quite a few trips lined up for this year, both of us, and they got pushed back. But you know, I'm ready to get on a ship and at the beginning of next year if I can. So, yeah, my next ones are um, what I have scheduled right now is April. I have two barge cruises scheduled in April that I'm hosting, and then I have two in um, uh, at the end of September and into October. Well, actually, three. There are three trips there, and you know, I really look forward to those. Um, so I'm just, you know, it's too early to say about the April voyages. You know, Quasi Europe is operating, so. It is on Quasi Europe on their barges, so that's very encouraging. So, yeah, well, I I hope that you can get there. I know how much you love doing those, and yeah, I mean, we're ready. We're ready. Yep, ready to cruise. Any other insights that you have to share? I know that you have had a lot of positive words for me and for our readers recently. Um, Any anything else? Oh, yeah, wear your mask. <laughs> you know, that masks are really the best tool that we have. And if we, if everybody wore masks, we'd be rid of this virus. And, you know, they, they say within weeks or a couple months. And I firmly believe that. So, you know, I, I know we all have different opinions about it, but uh, it, it can't hurt, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, there you go. I mean, good. Yeah, yeah. wear a mask. If you go on a ship, you're going to have to do it anyway, too. They'll require you to. Yeah. Or or a plane, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for joining me. I think that, you know, it's always good to have these conversations, especially with people who have been in the industry for as long as you have, because um, it does give a lot of hope. And I think that there was some some fear at the beginning that, you know, I, I even talking to my grandmother yesterday who says, do you think you need to start looking for another job? Do you think you're still going to have a job? It's like, of course I'm going to have a job. People are already cruising, and, and those who aren't, those of us here, you know, just like the two of us are very eager. So it's good to talk to someone with so much knowledge who is so hopeful. And um, I hope I'll see you on on the water next year. Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.